Capital Life Podcast. I am your host, Abby Pagood. This is where we talk about all the things that life brings. The good, the bad, and of course, the healthy. And today's episode is called Rocket Fuel. So, we have another edition of Keeping It Real with Real People, and I have a very, very good friend of mine here, Miss Susan Bernard with Susan Bernard VoiceOver. Welcome to the Capital Life, Susan. I am so excited to be here, part of Capital Life. Oh, I can't I'm so excited. It. Woo! I mean, like, who else am I supposed to have when we're talking about rocket fuel? I don't know, man. My hair exemplifies rocket fuel. Oh, it, it totally does. Man, oh, I just totally. can't believe it. Well, before we jump into it, I wanted you guys to go over and visit CapitalHealth.com. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L Health.com. And I want you to check out the gift cards. We have gift cards for everybody that's like you want to get them a loving, good gift that helps with their health or helps with something that promotional. But at the same time, it's like you don't really want to go and buy somebody a scale or a measuring tape and be like, here, here's this. <laughs> it's kind of sometimes a little inappropriate and weird. And it's like, well, I want to get you something that's good for you. But at the same time, I don't want to be the weirdo that's like, shoving it in your face. So instead, get them a fucking gift card and then they'll be all good to go. So go to capitalhealth.com and check out our gift cards and we'll be all sunny roses, okay? I, and then I'm, I'm looking for a scale that like every time I get on, it shows that I have less and less weight. Well, I would really like it if the scale would just be like <laughs> error, error, <laughs> like try again later or just be like just kidding you are negative 300 pounds like go. yes like you are light as a feather totally. fantastic I like or stand on the scale and it says rock it out hot stuff you know okay well before we get too far ahead of ourselves this episode of the capital life is brought to you by traber rt now that's t-r-e-b-o-r dash a-r-t-a-e with a little fancy French hyphen thing at the top. What is that thing called? Accent mark? Accent, yeah. It's like one of those accents. So Traber RT is my t-shirt gal. She does all the printing, all the things. She's absolutely freaking fabulous. The funny thing about their name and why it's so weird is because it's actually her husband and her name spelled backwards. Wow. And then it sounds all elegant. It's so really, it's, it, it's Robert and Etra, but backwards. So it's Traber RT. And so go to TraberRT.com. Check out their wicked awesome stuff. They'll mail it to you wherever you are in the freaking country, guys. We're talking about making sure that we have the services that we want everywhere so go check them out I don't need to remind you to please like share and rate us on whatever platform you are listening to us on it is how we really start to spread the good that the world needs so much of today Amen. let's rock it out girlfriend let's do it so I thought about okay what did I want where do I want to put her because Susan is a force she is just this amazingly awesome energy, the spirit of a person. She does so many things. She's avidly interested in what's going on in our community, what's going on with our women's group. You know, you, you're just joined WAM, uh, Women's Alliance in McKinney, which I was on the committee for several years, and now you are on that and doing a, a tremendous job, giving it a little bit more life. I remember when your, your paperwork came to the table as a vote, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, you got to get this bitch on there, like, ASAP, because she's going to really fire things up, and we need that pistol whip, like, Thank fire you. energy. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I'm honored to be on that committee And speaking sure. of fire energy, cheers. 
to our cheers, cheers to, to our fireballs. fireballs. Woo! Here we go. Ooh, spicy. Ah, feels so good. Love it. I know. I was like, we got to get some hot flashes in here with our fireball drinks and everything. Yum. If every interview could be like this, I'm sure it would be a slam dunk. I know. Well, I mean, it just is so funny because some of these podcasters these days, they just go on and then they're like getting high and doing all kinds of stupid shit on like on air. And I'm like, I know. You know what? But it makes for good show showmanship. And you are somebody that is a exemplary example of amazing showmanship. You've been doing... How long have you been doing all of your voice stuff for? Ooh, I've been in broadcasting for close to 40 years. Okay. Isn't that kind of scary? It, it's, I don't think it's scary. I think it's amazing. It, it is kind of amazing, but it's been in different platforms. It's been radio. It's been, you know, television where you obviously don't see my face. Okay. <laughs> Even though I love that. your face, though. I love you, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I've been doing um, jobs where you might hear my voice for over... Like forty years, right? Major years. things too, like ma- like some major stuff where you wouldn't even know it because you do you do the accents, you do the mirror images. Like I, my favorite thing is because we do marketing together, and you know, like we see each other in our favorite favorite links group in the morning on Wednesdays when I do show up, <laughs> whenever that is. But what I really love about it is that when I'm there and you get up and do an Australian accent, or you pull out your freaking, you know, any, you can do anything. Like, you do all the accents. And what my favorite thing is, is seeing the new people, their facial expressions when you get up and talk, and then after you're done talking and you sit down and then you have your classic original American accent, <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck just happened? I know. And they're like, like <laughs> night and day. Yes, and I think, I think part of you really enjoys just fucking with people. Sure. I mean, that's part of it. It's called acting. Yeah. And in this case, it's voice acting. But um, yeah, I really enjoy it. I have a lot of fun doing it. I think I can bring in a lot of different characters. And usually when I get sales calls, which now, thankfully, we do have caller ID. Back in the day, we didn't. Okay. But when people call or somebody wants to get in touch with me and I really don't want to talk to them, if I don't answer the phone, um, then I just let it go to voicemail or I blow it off. But if I do want to fuck with them if I do want to mess with their head a little bit I might answer the phone and I might go hello yeah uh, hi yeah the best part was is I was one of those fucking people <laughs> so like the first time the first time that we met and we exchanged business cards and I reached out to you I called and I get like your secretary and I say that with quotes because it was her and I was like, I swear that was her. Like, I've been paying attention to her voice for the last couple of weeks. Like, I think that was her. And then you're like, oh, no, duh. like, whatever. And you did, like, no, sorry. Like, no, not here. Like, wrong number. Like, whatever. And I was like, what the fuck, man? And so then, and the best part is, is that I tell everyone this story. <laughs> Everyone that you and I know, and I go, you gotta watch out for her. She's a she's a prickly she's a she's prickly a pear. Pear. She's yeah. a prickly pear, and I like and she'll let in who she wants, and she will not exactly. let in who she doesn't, which I like because you got gumption. You got to. You yeah. gotta have chutzpah. Yes. You gotta, yeah. Chutzpah. You got like coughing yeah. up a, a lung biscuit. Oh there. Yeah. yeah. Loving yes. that, but yeah, you definitely have to have cojones, and you definitely have to be able to put it out there. And even when it doesn't land, there's kind of a lot of fun in that too. Yeah. You know because. It either takes a little bit of an adjustment or sometimes there's a little bit of something else that you need to embellish or add to. You never want people to totally know that it's not you. Right. You know, if you're trying to 
you know, encourage somebody to, you know, use a voice for an accent or whatever. Right. Would but, you, would you, def- you portrayed your secretary, you right, know, like you portrayed right. a secretary. So it was still a connection to you, but at the same time you were not in like, and it's like, it's as simple as, Hey, I just walked out of a lunch. I'm not ready to answer my phone and have a conversation, but I don't want the ringing to go to a voicemail because how many times right. do you let it go to a voicemail? And then like the timing is missed. The opportunity is totally. shifted. Right. And that's kind of like one of the things that I love about you is because with that fiery spirit and you, you always kind of pave your own way, like you're, you know, you're a game changer, and that's really kind of when I, when I'm thinking about, you know, Rocket Last and getting, to, you know, like I immediately get the song of Rocket Man in my head, <laughs> which I'm a huge Elton John fan, so am I. and so like I get stuck with that, and then I start thinking about, you know, like really it's about the preparation of yourself and gearing up for the next massive action plan, and you don't necessarily always know what's coming. You don't. And I take a cue from uh, Sir Richard Branson from Virgin, nice. you know, Virgin Records and yes. Virgin Airlines yeah. and Virgin Space and Virgin everything. Basically, the dude is so used to like putting out these wild ideas that he knows half the shit's not going to stick, right. but the other half will. Right. And here's the beauty of the other half: there has been a lot of failure before there's been success. Right. And when you talk about rocket fuel and you talk about rockets, we all want to land on the moon or go beyond the stars. Yeah. But man, there are so many times when you're like going, man, that totally sucked. Yes. That bit the big one. But you know what? If you don't learn from your failures or you have to repeat them, it still can be a good, valuable lesson to, to make sure that your trajectory the next time is on the mark. Right. And I can't tell you how many times that I've failed. Totally. I, well, but, I mean, like, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, like, that hits home to me really hard, like, really hard because, you know, (laughs) you know, like, you've heard of my app that's coming and it's coming in its time. And I, it's like one of those things where I've stopped putting a date on the launch of it because I get so, like, it's like, okay, I was supposed to launch it a year ago. Well, my developer that was working on it at the time, he was already overcommitted and overdone. And every time he tried to work on my stuff, it just was haunting him. And so we ended up having like our little breakup conversation. Mm-hmm. Of, it's not you, it's me. Yeah. And like all of this stuff. And it was like, and of course, like in that moment, it was like everything just comes dumping on you. Like a ton, like it's like a building just fell on you. Right. And then you're just like, fuck, like you're all your dreams feel like they're gone. And then within two hours, all of a sudden my body felt lifted my energy was right and I was like actually this is a huge gift this is trans this is gonna be transcendent in in my next like how do I approach this and so I really went through and I interviewed my next developers and I found all these different people I found this wickedly awesome old dude that's like coder master but he's not happy about like the bells and whistles of he doesn't make the he doesn't do the sparkles on right. things right so it's like okay i've got him in my back pocket in case my developers get over their head we can call and pay him for his time to help with a coding issue if need be but right now my dev- i don't have to do that because my developers have got it under control and they're doing their thing it's taking a fucking long time because they didn't realize how many goddamn videos i have <laughs> but like but it's you know like they're just like sitting there like okay we're done with all the videos like go ahead and look at it and i was like hey guys you know all the equipment's wrong you gotta make sure that you have a button that says what equipment do you have and those are the videos and they're like we have to go back and code every video again and so I was like 
Yeah. Okay. So then they went back and coded every video. So then they're like, okay, we're getting to the end of them. Like, are those all the videos? And I'm like, oh no, Fred just gave me a drive that had like another four or 500 on there. Plus I have four or 500 <laughs> that I haven't tagged yet. So we got like another 900, like That's 900. A lot. Yeah. And right now they have, right now in my video library, I think we have like 868 and then I have 916 that have to be uploaded and tagged. Girl, yeah. you need to help me, man. I so, need some of that going on. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Well, it's going to be amazing and it's going to be great, but it's like, you never know when it's going to strike big and right. you never know when it's going to hit, but it's like, we wouldn't have all this messaging. Like God wouldn't be giving us all of this purpose and messaging if it wasn't supposed to do something, right? Right. And like my developers were so funny because they had had they had a concept that they had written up three years ago, and I talked to them and I was telling them about certain things or whatever. And then all of a sudden the guys like I wrote a program for this three years ago. I thought it was going to hit big and it didn't. And he's like, and now I'm realizing it was for you. And I was like, interesting. And so, and then now they've morphed it and created the capital community online. So like when someone purchases anything online on my website, they become instantly a member of the capital community, which is basically like a Facebook environment, but away from all the social media hogwash. Gotcha. And so it's like, it's health provoking and, you know, like being their mind, body, spirit kind of thing. And so, and, and basically creating like a capital health world. That's for cool. my uh, followers and listeners. That is so, very, very cool. Yeah. So I think with when getting back to your point on, you know, all the social media and things that are out there for people to listen to, there's a lot going on and people can pick and choose what they want. And some people are more adept technically, some people are not, but there is a lot of noise out there. And so people, much noise. There is. And people will gravitate towards really what they like. But my big thing is to tell people, look, find something that you really like and then find a percentage, like anywhere from 10, 15%, up to 30% of your life of something that you want to try that's new and different and yes. wonderful and beautiful. And the reason why is because life moves at such a fast rate and it goes so by fast. so quickly that you can sit there and go, okay, this is what I think I need to pick or choose, or this is maybe something I think I could be interested in right. or something to make me a better person. In right. your case, it's health. Right. Right. So to listen to you and to come into your sphere, your realm is like a brilliant thing to do because you know, you don't have to be sloth like, like I tend to be sometimes. Oh, but, me too. You know, you we can, all do it. Yeah. We yeah, all do. We have to. Yeah, exactly. We have to slow down for we some We have to regenerate right, in exactly. some, in some way. And like, exactly. and, and I, you, like you and I, I don't know if, are you a nap? Like, are you more extroverted or introverted? Because I'm a, I'm, I people tag me as an extrovert because of my personality, but when I put the energy out, I don't get restored from the energy I put out. I have to hermitize, go quiet, and I have to go into my natural introvertness, and then basically like regroup. Because I feel you. I do you do that as well? well? I I used to be more of truly an extrovert. Okay. And now in my later years, maybe because of cynicism, because of who I am and right. what I've seen and what's been happening, I kind of revert back to being more of an introvert. Okay. And so I kind of ride the line. Okay. And I do like to put it out there because people frequently say, man, I love your energy. Yes. You are fantastic. And I really get that. Mm -hmm. And I can appreciate it, but man, I need the quiet time. There's nothing that I like to do more sometimes than sit in my front room, look out the window, and either just 
kind of peruse over a magazine or just yes. surf the internet or just be quiet and read or snuggle with my kitties or whatever. Yeah. But I don't have to be like always on. Right. And the thing with my business is it's not always all about me, although I'm trying to engage and get the energy up and motivation and put the message out there that you can do this and I can help and this is going to be beautiful and you want to be seen and you... But it's not me that's being spotlit. I'm right. trying not to You're be the spotlight. spotlighting other, other people. people. Yeah. Exactly. Which is huge because, you know, I, I'm very, I'm not a good, like, gloater. I am terrible. I'm much more of the humbling type. Like, you know, it's like, okay, my face is on my freaking truck. Okay. Poor Bertha <laughs> is sitting there like, why am I strutting around your face all damn day? My name's Bertha, not Abby. Like, you know, like, and you know, Bertha's my truck. I call her big Bertha. Right. And she, and she's just amazing. She's a dirty girl. She's a dirty girl. But she, and she's getting old. She's hitting her hundred thousand mile mark. And Aww. I'm like, oh my God, it's a milestone opportunity for you. And she's amazing. But it's like, you know, I, when they sent me the designs for the wrap and they sent me many different ones and they weren't right and the color wasn't fixed and it wasn't as, it wasn't, it wasn't wow and fun and I wanted it more blah and fun and they finally sent it over and then like here my face is the fucking size of the truck and I'm like <laughs> why what and I like all I did was tell them that I wanted the trainers any future trainers that have capital health trucks I want their headshot on the door like on their path on their on their door side their driver's side door I wanted the trainer's face there and that was it like, that's all I wanted. And, and instead, they put my freaking face everywhere. And I'm like, in the front, in the back, in the rear, or whatever. And so, and then you've got Trish Littlejohn, who's sitting there like, check out my back end. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I was like, actually, I think that will be a future Capital Health bumper sticker that people will be able to buy online. Because why would you not check out my back end? Exactly. And so, like, exactly, right? So then I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. That's and brilliant. Then, Right. Well, and my husband, he looked at me and I'm like, my fucking face is all over the place. And he goes, honey, you are the face of the company. That is correct. You need to shut it and just put up and deal with it. Exactly. And I was like, and it was the best advice he's ever given me. Yeah. And it's nice because now I have a marker. So then, you know, I could be standing right next to you and somebody else. And they're like, oh, where did you park? And it's like, really? Like, really? Like, look behind you. And then they're like, oh, shit. Like, there's your fucking face. (laughs) Along with the purple and the teal, it's a thing of beauty. Yes. It is. It's a glorious thing. It is a glorious thing. But do you ever ever have the time, like, at the end of the day, I do a lot of talking, and it's not just podcasting, but it's also, you know, with my clients all day, and I'm sharing life and ups and downs. Do you get to the point where you can't stand the sound of your own voice? Because I have that problem. And if I say no, it makes me look arrogant as shit as hell. No, it doesn't. But, um, I'm just asking but, out of comparison. But, no, but what I do... I admire differences. I, You know, I, I really I appreciate it. I don't usually get too tired of it, but I do know that my voice weakens after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So technically or scientifically, yeah, I get kind of tired of it, especially when it gets beyond the gravel stage because I have a natural gravel to my voice. Okay. Um, Which is but, always super sexy. Uh, it, I try to have it be sexy, darling. But, it's, some, but it's, sometimes it's not. But, um, <laughs> but really, really, um, I think that I don't really listen to it like it's my voice. When I'm doing a project or I'm trying to do a character voice, <clears throat> as I'm starting, my voice is starting to break up now, um, I try and get into that, that character. Okay. Uh, what I think 
given the side of what it looks like. Like the side is what a director or a casting director or somebody will give you and say, this is what the character looks like. Okay. Come up, come up with the voice. Right? Okay. And so you kind of have to, you can either go against type. Like let's say they give you this big old roly poly, you know, fat, fatty looking um, tankard of a hippopotamus. Okay. Right. And you're thinking that the hippopotamus is going to be kind of like, well, hello, sweetheart. How you doing? Everything's going <laughs> great today. You know, With the I'm cigar smoking, and the yeah, hat. Smoking right. and having a great time. And then you can bring in like a regional accent to that or whatever. Or you can kind of go against type and you can make it like, like Henrietta Hippo was back in the day on New right. Zoo Review, if you ever heard of that. But back in the day when I was a kid, they had like this hippo that was like, danced around and it was just like this. Oh, and cute. Everything that this hippo said, you really had to kind of listen because it was out of the range of what you would think a hippo with some weight really would sound like. Right. So there's a lot of different things. Kind of like Miss Piggy, right? Yeah, like Miss totally. Pig, like Miss Piggy totally. was totally the like high pitched like like whatever. Yeah. And I can't do that stuff, but like yeah, but I mean like and you and you do. It's like you have to like morph yourself. You do. Into someone else's shoes, which is a very—it's like a chameleon. You're like right. you're—you're you're really playing a chameleon to you, be you able do. to do that. Do. And it's like, and it's like we never actually really know what it's like to walk through their shoes, but it's like you can try to like actually get into somebody's. You know, it's like the imprint, the per, like the impression that they make, it how is. they deliver and impact people. Yeah, I always, like what is what is it? I, yeah, it's there. It's that little something that will either get you hired or might get you passed by or right. might get you shortlisted. Right. And sometimes people don't know what they want until they hear it. Right. Mm. So that's kind of a special thing. And I always tell people it's not what you sound like; it's how you deliver the message. It's right. how you deliver the copy. So if you go, hey, come to Capitol Health and let it be like your way so that we can kick your ass and you'll get healthy. Right. Or is it something like, hey, come to Capitol Health. We can get you in feeling a lot better, get you in better shape, and make you the badass that you were meant to yeah, be. Yeah, right. You know, so there's two different, it's the same message, but yeah. two different ways of delivering that same message. Yeah. And so Which go, everything here yes. is a learn, brace, learn embrace apply concept. And so, I am learning, yeah. and I am embracing, and I have applied. Yes, there you go. And that's exactly what you said to me when you when you pulled up, when you were like, hey, sexy beast. And then you're like, <laughs> I am. hey. And I'm yeah. just like, you're, you're freaking awesome. No, I love you. You are. You are. I'm, I'm loving this. I really am. I think... <clears throat> what people have to do to get together with you is spot on. I think you change a lot of lives for the better. I love you for that. If you are finding this helpful and insightful, don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and YouTube at Capital Health. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L Health. Also check us out on CapitalHealth.com and subscribe to our newsletter and get wicked awesome updates whenever we post new blogs so that you are always in the loop. So you had, I want to dial it down just a little bit because okay. I know that you and I could be a lot of a personality to listen to, which is actually just really great for podcasting in general. I mean, we might need to do co-hosting podcasts on a regular <laughs> in the future. That might be fun. Like in our spare retirement time, be like, what are we doing today? Let's talk about elephants and beavers. Like, you know, and just shoot the shit. You know, you need to talk about your own beaver. That's okay. All okay. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> actually, I do have an episode called Enos Beavers in my other podcast. What beavers? Enos. Like, so the town, 
So I believe it's called Ennis. Ennis. Is it Ennis? Okay, I'm so bad at text Ennis. Yes, correct. That's exactly where we were going. So here I did this episode, and it was I was ta- reflecting over me and my daughter had to go through, and we went to Ennis, which then it says Ennis underneath the Buckies. So right, here's right. this massive beaver with Ennis underneath it, which I'm like, penis? And then my 14-year-old daughter's like, mom. And I'm just like, look, a beaver and a penis in all in one sign. It's a beautiful it's, thing. It's a beautiful thing. You, know, you don't know how many people have probably marked out, you know, one of the letters and put a P in front of it. Oh, has to. You, know? you have to. You, you can't to. not. And so, like, so we went through, I went through this whole thing. And then, and I did this on my other podcast that I do with a friend of mine called Embracing the Wild. And so we went through and we ended up calling it. Ennis, Ennis Beavers, like, like this. and that was the name of our podcast, and we were just like, let's just roll with it, but it, aside from genitalia, let's, <laughs> I actually wanted to get more into, like, you just, you just traveled overseas, I did, and you had a tremendous trip, although some of it was life and death Freaky Friday. It was Freaky Friday. Man, I was in Israel, a rocket, a rocket strike. Easily for me to say, yeah, I do talk for a living. But yeah. they had a rocket strike go on, and you have like literally less than a minute to dive for cover and save your ass. Right. Right? Which is insane. And, and it was insane. And being in Israel, thank God for the greatest army on earth. They have something called the Iron Dome. Yes. So that when they shoot these rockets, boom, man, they, they disengage them. Yeah, yeah. They, it's disengaged. And man, those Israelis, they are badass. Yes. Yeah. They are internationally badass. How and many how many airstrikes came towards you guys while you were there? I think probably the the only time that I heard sirens okay. was I mean they, they were, you know, shooting that way, but not all rockets come to the same place, right? right. So that's that way they can kill people. Right. right. Exactly. So they're trying to kill more that they can with whatever. So the one that I saw and that I heard, there was only like one. But man, everybody was like so on edge after that. People were like scrambling. It was scary as hell. And it was like, oh my freaking God. We, yeah. You know, because you hear about stuff. They tell you when you're in a, in a building, they have these areas that you can go to that are like bomb shelters. Okay. Area below That's what ground. I was going to ask you is know? if they had bomb oh, shelters yeah. there. Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Because they're always under attack. Because yeah, they've been fighting. I mean, like... It's almost like if you live in Israel, you're just predestined to be in wartime all the time because totally. everybody wants the land. Totally, and it's, it's oh, and it's been a religious feud for how many thousands biblical. of years? It's been biblical. Yeah. yeah, and you know that that land was not even there for a while. It wasn't Israel. Israel's only been around for like fifty uh, something years. Wow, yeah. really? Sixty um, something years? Yeah. I didn't realize the history didn't go. Why? Uh, maybe, why is that? Is that because they didn't like seventy-five years? I don't know. I need to know my history a little bit better. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not very good at retain. It's like I'll learn it, and then it's hard for me to retain it and keep it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, Israel's been, I mean, e- the reference of Israel has been used for, like, I feel like hundreds of years, but at the same time, like, is it is it because of government not declaring it its own country entity to well, which that happened? I mean, like, that kind of makes me wonder. What happened initially? Right, like my husband, so like, brief story, my husband's from the Marshall Islands, okay? So he's from the Marshall Islands, and the Marshall Islands, people don't even know where it is or what it's about, but it basically, if you go over to like Hawaii, then you go a little bit further, you get Samoa, and then if you go down towards the south, then you get the, um, you get Micronesia. Right, And it's a cluster of islands, which um, the Marshall Islands is part of that. 
they used the Marshall Islands to test the A-bomb. So in 66. That's right. That's right. And so basically the United States just came over and was like, oh, we're just going to like test all these little missiles and these nuclear warheads and blah, like whatever, and just dropped them on and, the country. And Oppenheimer, the guy that created the hydrogen bomb, was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Well, yeah. Boom. <laughs> like whatever. And so like, so they go ahead and they drop all these things. And then the islanders are like, what the fuck? We are sitting here. Like, what's wrong? Like, you know, whatever. And they come in, they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, you are a small country and you're right in between these other countries and you could be taken advantage of. So we're just going to take over territory. Oh, that's kind of scary. It, well, isn't that all? But that's what, that's what America does a lot of times. Yes, you know, we it's do. Like, and that's just what it does. And I'm not saying that it's okay. And I have other political problems with that. But, like, that is not what we're talking about on the show today. But what ends up happening is, you know, here they go in. They're like, oh, so sorry we didn't know you were here we're just gonna protect you and we're just gonna take over and so then marshall islands became part of u.s territory for about 20 years wow and so and they what they did was they said they basically had a verbal handshake and said okay if you're born during this time you can have citizen you can have um citizen you can be a u.s citizen you can fight for our army you can even travel back and forth and take advantage of our education system and all that stuff right really just like oh crap, we fucked up bad. How much can we suck up to you guys so that we can, you know, not have you guys start being pissed at us, right? And so basically that's how that happened. Well, my husband was born during the U.S. territory. He was born in, in 74. And his, so were his sisters. And so, and he ended up serving our military and things of that nature, you know. And it was very interesting because they got their governance back in 1986. Wow. Okay. okay. So, so like 12 years later. Yeah. So now we're going to flash forward, okay, mm -hmm. over to like 2015 when my husband gets a bonus for work and so he therefore has to get a passport. And so he goes to get a passport and we bring his, Mar like his Marshall Islands pass um, birth certificate, right, right. which by the way, looks like we printed it in the fucking garage <laughs> because it's a plain <laughs> piece of paper with a bunch of ink that looks like it's just stamped. Yeah. And like the seal, you and I could just like take a piece of paper and scrub over top of a can <laughs> of water and literally make this seal. Like that's how like fake this thing looks, but it's legit. Like this is, this is their stuff. And so we hand it over and they're like, oh, okay, well, where's your proof of citizenship? And he's like, I am a US citizen. I was born during US territory, da 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 da. And they're like, and so then, it was it was fun for the passport people because they got an education lesson and then in my husband I can imagine my husband loves looking at every map anytime there's a map he goes and he looks and he looks to see if he Marshall can find Islands. his country yeah because he was born there right and so he looks to find his country it's always cut off on the edge and there's only been three maps that he's actually signed and then every single one that he's found he's had to buy or try and bribe someone to sell it to him so that we can bring it home because there's such a rarity. So this is what we run into. Three weeks later, Samoa. Is well, it's Marshall Islands, so it's okay. close. So it's similar, but Samoa did have the same problem with yeah, the yeah, United yeah. States a couple yep. years ago. Yep. If you don't remember, yep. that's probably what you're referring yeah, to. That's what I. Where it was a handshake and right. an agreement, and then all these islanders are getting rejected for approval, and then it ends up being a problem. So lo and behold, three weeks later, I get my passport. Kids get their passports. He, nothing. Wow. So we were like waiting. Then they basically send us a letter saying that we have to provide proof of citizenship, which they don't have because it was a fucking handshake in the, in the 60s. Right. You know, like they didn't do that. There wasn't a certificate 
he's never filed for citizenship because he's never had a problem. The only time that he ever had a problem was when he when he enlisted in the service. Yeah, I was just gonna say. This was the best part. So he so he signs up. He goes in as an infantryman for the 25th Infantry. He is, he ends up going to Ranger School, becomes an Army Ranger. So everything worked out. But when he goes into school, and like he's in Ranger School, and they have to do a class on espionage. So they send them to their conference room. They send them to the espionage. There's two MPs at the front door. As everybody's going in, they're waiting for him. And they wait, and they say, hey. They're like, are you Rudy Pagood? And he's like, yes, I am. He goes, please come with us. So he never actually made it in there for their espionage lesson because he got a full exper- full life experience lesson. They kept him for three days and interrogated him. Oh, wow. And they did, basically they did ev- the whole playbook of espionage and interrogation tactics and everything that he was on supposed him. to on him. Lovely. And so basically because they thought, and he's like sitting here and he's like, do you not know my country? These people are like beach bums and fishermen and they don't, they don't do it. They don't yeah. do anything. Yeah. Like they, They're they chill. don't even know how to construct a stra- strategic thought. Like this is not my people. Yeah. Like you know, Islanders. Right. And he's like, we like, even when we had to get his birth certificate, we had to call back numerous times because they would go out for lunch and go fishing and they wouldn't come back. And so then they didn't have office hours, and so you couldn't even get it printed. It took my mother-in-law like six phone calls to be able to even get his documents. And (laughs) let alone, this is when we're trying to get a marriage certificate, for Christ's sake. Oh, my God. So it was just an experience. But with Israel... With Israel, they roamed the desert for 40... No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, it does go back to biblical times. It does. But as far as Israel being a statehood, which means being a country... If anybody ever looks at a map, mm-hmm. you can kind of see that the Israelis or Israel itself is such a small, it's small tiny little in comparison of that whole region and area that they're surrounded by Arabs. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. No worries. But everybody historically hates the Jews. People right. still hate the Jews. Yeah. You know, Which I have, don't get. I don't get it because I, I mean like I'm kind of an adopted Jew. I always call myself an adopted Jew. Adopted Jew. I am an adopted Jew because <laughs> I have so many of my so many of my clients are Jewish. Yeah. And so like I've learned the culture. I've learned the tradition. I've learned all of it. And so you know like you know I have you know I have clients that bring me gefilte fish on the holiday and like you know like so in a in But I'm, do you eat it? Just <laughs> No, it's interesting. I was not a fan. So I, that's why I call myself the adopted Jew. Like, because it's like, I'm just not there yet. But I'm, like, huge fan of, like, matzah, matzah soup, like, all all of the things. Like, all of the delis I go to are Jewish delis. You only hire a Jewish accountant because they're the only ones that actually know what the fuck they're doing. I'm just saying, like, you have, like, you just, you, you're Jews. When we got here, I was like, where are my Jews at? Like, that was the first thing that I was on because, and then when I met you and I was like, I love you, like well, I'm, right away. I'm, I'm, I am Jewish, yeah. I happily and proudly admit that, but I am a very reformed Jew. And obviously the 48, what I mentioned before, 48 years old, what came to mind is that I was speaking erroneously, but Israel's been around since 1948. Yeah. It's been, it was created through a UN agreement with the different countries surrounding it and the world. Wow. That a statehood would be made, and biblically speaking... Okay. They kind of based it on the stuff that had happened in the region and what everybody believes where, you know, Christianity and Judaism mm-hmm. and, you know, and... It's a holy it, land. Yeah, it's it a holy is. land. And what occurred there. And um, and Muslims yeah. came together. In fact, if you're a Christian and you walk around in Israel, you're probably one of only like 
you're in the minority for sure. Right. You are less than like one or two percent of the people that walk around. Wow. And Israeli doesn't necessarily mean Jewish and Jewish doesn't necessarily mean Israeli. But if you were born Jewish, you have a birthright to be able to become an Israeli citizen. Right. Absolutely. And And you get the birthright trip, which, you know, which I actually said when we did our ancestral.com or ancestry of DNA stuff Mm -hmm. or whatever, we Mm -hmm. actually came back four percent. Um, and actually the interesting thing, my grandfather, so my grandfather is from German descent. Okay. Okay. And they immigrated over before world war one. And so, and then he was, you know, one of the German groups in downtown Chicago. So very poverty environment. And he worked himself up and became, went to Yale law school, became one of the top dogs in Chicago and all this very cool. Like he worked from the ground up. Right. And so what was really fascinating is like we were talking about like our lineage and things like that and then he's like I think we had a cousin that was Jewish and then I looked at him as like I'm a German Jew and he was just like and then he just bursted out laughing he's like yeah I think we are like like it is just like <laughs> shit happens like you just never know and so I've even like you know we're you know I we did our percentage our we're four percent something rather Jew that basically flag doctors to say oh you did your ancestral dna test or whatever yeah and so i looked at my daughter and i was like well technically you're jewish you want to go on a birthright trip that would be fun like like <laughs> she just looked at me she's like i don't understand what you're talking about and i'm exactly. just like never mind and well, i was I'm- like dude i would have totally taken on that because i just my heart just history and the holy land and the amazement of that place and it, it breaks it my heart crazy. to see that there's still so much destruction of humanity. Like why is is humanity not evolving and reaching above and beyond past these bullshit concepts? I don't know. I mean, that's a really, that's the question of the day. That's the final jeopardy that we all need to know. But I mean, really, really it's true for all of us. We need a little bit more humanity and, uh, and yeah, I don't, I don't get it and I don't purport to know all the answers, but I'm not even married. I'm so reform that I'm not even married to a Jewish guy, but he is the greatest guy in the whole world. Yeah. But that being said, he's though, your rolling, person. Yeah, he is he's my your person. person. Rolling back to what Israel is all about. All I can tell you is that when it was created, it was created out of like the leftover piece of crap land that nobody wanted that mm-hmm. from all the surrounding countries. Hmm. And they said, this is a POS parcel of land a piece of shit parcel of land and you can have the dead sea because nothing can ever grow or have anything in it you can't have anything pretty yeah you can have this rocky kind of exterior near the beach whatever and you can only have this and this and there you go it's like egyptian ruin type environment it it wasn't even worth saying that there was any value to the ruins itself there they didn't think there was anything there so lo and behold they they take this area and i'm sure you've heard of it the Dead Sea area yes. that they now make cosmetics and yes. they make things out of and, and, and they've turned what was given to them in haste and in hatred. Mm-hmm. They've turned it around and they've capitalized it and made it into something really beautiful. And I was actually a huge um, fan of the uh, secret product line that was created from the Dead Sea. There you go. Um, and I actually used it for years and fuck, that shit worked. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good it, stuff. It really is. And yeah. so they did that. They gave a little area that after it was designated to be the Jewish Holy Land mm-hmm. for, you know, Israel, they took over an area and had a, a town that they called Haifa. Okay. And Haifa, the Jews, the Israelis, gave to um, the Baha'i faith 
And if you ever get the opportunity to see the most beautiful multi-level garden, like stacked on different levels that vertically, so cool. and you go there, you will see what I would think would be totally like desert, barren land. Yeah. And it's all green. It's all verdant. It's all beautiful. It's all like lush. And it's got beautiful plants and everything. Right. And it's like you look from left to right by about like a mile in either direction. Okay. Or like three quarters of a mile in either direction. And there's like six tiers or seven tiers wow. that you can walk down and you look off to the left and to the right and they're all beautiful, like fully vibrant, fall, well fully vibrant. Growth. It looks like a football field of like fake turf and greenery and beautiful plants it's and all everything. Real life. And it's real life and it's gorgeous. So that's in Haifa. And Tel Aviv obviously is on the Mediterranean. Okay. And that's a beautiful place to go. And it's gorgeous beaches yeah. and uh, beautiful, like very fine sand, the type that, you know, beach volleyball people like to do all, all yes. over Israel. They've made it into a, not like Texas, <laughs> Texas clay mold exactly. land they, made sand it, that we have here. Yeah. It's weird. They've made it into a, a beautiful oasis yeah. is my point. So yeah. the whole thing with the country is kind of interesting. And, um, I'm honored that I've been able to go a couple of times and my husband's been able to go. Um, and he's been, you know, very much in support of the Holy Land and especially that area. And I feel like it is a place that everybody should visit. And what would be really great when people do it is not just go with their church, right. but hear from somebody else that's either there or has been there, whether they're Jewish or not. Right. And like go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre yeah. and be able to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and be able to see where, you know, Christ walked. Yeah. We walked in the stations, um, the, the 12 stations where um, Christ carried the cross. Wow. Down by the... That's um, insane. Down by the wall. Yeah, you know, where it goes and curvatures yep. and everything. And, wow. Um, and it's amazing. And anybody can do it. Yeah. And so there was just some really cool things. And when you get to go to the Jordan River and see where somebody walked on water, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> that's well, and, see, and that's the thing. is like, so I'm very much more of a spiritual eclectic type of person. And the reason why is because I, I am about peace, meeting people at where they're at, evolving people for where they are. I don't, um, I don't ever really align with a religion per se. And the reason why no, is I mean. because I am to the point where it's like, okay, the great unknown, whatever you call him, God, Jesus, higher power, higher power whatever. It doesn't, you know, we got our Buddhists, we've got, we've got our Buddhists, we've got our Jewish, we've got our Christians, we've got our Muslims, we've got all these people. And I'm a huge believer of like, we are physical beings, physical humans in this physical world. We do not have the understanding or comprehension to understand what's happening on the energetic side on the other side. Okay. Now, Jesus Christ was a freaking wicked, awesome dude. Perfect example of like, you know, he did freaking crazy shit, which is so cool. And it was amazing. And it was a lesson to say, hey, and it, I mean, like, and even what he said was, he said, you can do this. We all have the ability to do this within. We all have the ability to channel. We have the ability to clear and cleanse ourselves. We have the ability to have compassion for others and have put our soul out there and heal the world and heal each other and raise each other up. You know, like that was like the messaging. And what the thing that I find with, with Christianity is it's like, they did the same thing that all the other religions did where they took the God, like they took it, put him up like a shrine and praised on him, which I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm saying 
how much of that lesson did you not reflect and put into use? And you should have, he was here for a purpose to teach us how to do things. And instead we chinned him and we put him up on a pedestal, which rightfully so he deserved it. But at the same time, we should have been learning from his live lessons and we should have been putting them into work and actually like honoring our other human counterparts and respecting them and helping like with someone struggling surround them with light and love help them get to seeing the light helping them and it's not forcing them to go into a religion it's helping them to be in a humanly decent person and find their abilities and use them to help heal the world and and that's where i say to organize religion it's a load of bullshit yes. it's a load of crap yeah and i'll tell you why. because it's rule and, sets and, and, and it, it is it boxes you, you in yes completely. and i will tell you this to me religion is just dogmatic bullshit philosophy telling you something to weigh to believe and there's nobody that's perfect and i know that's kind of like the 316 you know thing or whatever right, right, right. but um the john 316 but i will tell you for me when you're young you're given religion because you need to have a higher authority to answer to, to guide you, you. For, to help guide you parents can't just keep saying well because i told you so because i told you so because eventually you get to the point you like you rebel against that right so they use religion in my opinion people use religion as a way to manipulate help, help guide yeah. or manipulate your morals and, and your I don't mean manipulate in a negative connotation because manipulation gets a word of bad and I'm not using it in that reference well, I, I'm using it as a guiding okay. reference well, or hoarding like hurting people hoarding people hurting <laughs> hoarding people I mean hurt, like, can we hoard issue. people that's another issue that must be the that must be the okay. fireball so, <laughs> like, so it is it is we need some more of that yeah, yeah. you're already out of yours yeah but um but my deal is is that for me it is manipulation right and that does have a negative connotation because as many people that purport themselves to be a certain religion, and in right. this case, I'm going to go on to the firing line, so wait for the, the lightning to strike. But um, if you're Christian, how come, you know, if it's supposed to be a brotherhood thing and you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself? Why are you ostracizing that, what, half of the people? Exactly. So, you, And why would you be telling Jews that they're wrong because they're not? <laughs> so, Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that, that's to me is an oxymoron. And it that's is. a human trait. That's a human thing that people do. And that is a physical being problem. When we cross over to the other side, we don't have those issues. You know, I, I see, here's my deal. I don't know all the answers, but I'm going to quickly try and summate what's going on here. For me, it is manipulation, but it's guidance, but it's it's meant in the best possible way. It's but it doesn't intent, come across. Good intent. It's, a, it's good intent, right? And you have your parents, and they have to answer to somebody else as well, too. Okay, but as you get older, you start to either question or rebel, or maybe you're dutiful and you right. totally buy into everything that your faith and following tells you. And I think there's a whole lot more out there that can't be answered. And so I don't rely on one person, and this has gotten me in trouble, you know, personally, professionally, uh, religiously, in so many different ways, because I do ask the hard questions and I am kind of on point and I am assertive in my beliefs to say, what will, can you explain this? Yeah. Like I always tell people that come to me that are super proselytizing about me probably going to hell because I'm not a Christian follower. Right. Um, I either say one of two things, I'll see you when we get there. Nice. Or, or I'll say to them, okay, so if you're telling me that Jesus was a Jew, then how come everybody's not Jewish? Everyone you know? would be then. Yeah, everybody would be Jewish. Okay, right. so even if I wasn't Jewish, I would still say, 
So you're putting your faith, which is in a way a beautiful thing, blind faith on something you can, you don't see. You guys and whoever believe Christians believe in the Trinity concept mm -hmm. usually. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Right. Okay. I believe in God. I believe in a Lord. I believe in something like that, an mm -hmm. entity, a, a higher power yep. being. But I don't believe in, I mean, I get the feeling in my heart, which could be construed as like Holy Spirit feeling. That's mm -hmm. kind of what people are saying. The Son thing, I don't, I, I don't, I wasn't there. So I can't attest to the miracles that I see, even from the disciples. I think that Christ was a disciple, but he was the leader of disciples. Correct, yeah. Because he was. He was and, the leader of his disciples. And But I don't know, like I wasn't there to like verify or to deny. Right. So Well, and, I you, have, also, and you also have to remember that the Bible is a collection of stories. It is. And stories is. are a perspective of an individual. Correct. And so, and, that's, and so when I look at these types of things, it's like, okay, here's a reference of somebody's testimony of their experience and so and it's like okay great i take that i i love that right i i very much am like i don't question the abilities of what jesus did because there was written testimony of it and it's like okay fine i'll take that into account i know for a fact like i it, I don't know if you are aware of this, but I'm actually an intuitive and energy healer. Okay, so I, I did know that. Okay, there you go. So, ooh, I love that. sparkles. Like <laughs> so, so it's in my world. Like I really, when I go through and I explain like religion and how it works as our physical world, right? I explain that religion are these boxes, right? And right. like, here's the people underneath it, and here are these boxes that are on top. And so these people will channel and connect to their religion their religion because it helps them get to the higher power okay. whatever that so, name be yeah however jesus worked in this nice freaking cloud in between the boxes in between the higher power god and he basically kept tapping into his energy work and was it was liaising in between so okay. it's like the metaphysics into the physical world that's what a lot of me and my intuitive people do is like you know i can't when I'm talking with somebody and I am reflecting over a struggle or a trauma or something that they're going through and I have people telling things and I'm talking spiritual people whispering in my ear information about the individual and even communing and hearing their dead, their loved ones that have passed speak to, through me and saying things that don't make sense to me, but because I hear it and then I say it, like I could go up to someone and call them a ladybug and they're like, oh my God, so-and-so used to call me that all the time. And I'm like, why the fuck would I go and call them a ladybug? Like it would not do that. It's so not in my out, normal find stuff. Find out where the freaking hidden treasure is that was left behind that I heard about that <laughs> I need I need the info on the goods. Man. I can't do it because then it would be personal gain. Okay. I can't do personal gain. Well, I'm not for I, you, for me. Okay, well then we'll go to the casino <laughs> together because like I'm telling you, like when I do, I can tell you what's going to be rolled. I can tell you when the roulette tables, when it's going to be roulette. orange. I, yeah, it's my favorite thing. But when I do it, I lose. But like if I, if I'm sitting there and I whisper and tell you what it's going to be, boom, like it's guaranteed. So like go. we'll have to, okay, we'll have to make a casino that. roulette together with our fireballs. Mean, I got you, girl. <laughs> okay, so okay, so here's another use for religion because I don't, I don't. That's. It can be valid, what you're saying. Right. I, I don't have a problem with that. Right. I lean more towards, if you're going to put an organized religion or name on it, actually towards Buddhism. 
I think that's more of a yeah. beautiful, open kind of thing. Well, embracing. You're, you're living and more in your higher self with Buddhism. I hope so. Yes. I don't know if I am. But I will tell you the reason why religion is happening and popular when you reach a certain age. Like I was telling you, you get to a certain age and you rebel. You come back to religion because you need to find peace or solace or comfort or faith yes. in the afterlife because you know you're not going to be around much longer. Right. And so you're saying, am I good enough to have made it? Did, did, right. Was I good enough to have made it? Did into I do heaven? right? Was did my I life right? worth? Yeah. What was my life purpose? Did exactly. I? Yeah. And you're, exactly. it's like you need a report card. And my my number one pet peeve. Uh, there's this one phrase that bothers me. And when I and when I've had to go to funerals or I read, you know, someone's in God uh, we trust. Yeah. Just no, no, it's not. It's not that one. It's it's actually it's like she was a God fearing woman. I hate that that tagline. Like a God-fearing woman. That tells me, like when they use that in the term to show the amount of faith the individual had and how much she committed her life to the Bible regardless of what religion it was. But when you say a God-fearing woman, when I hear that, I hear she led her life with fear of God and so that was what influenced her decisions. I think some of the same thing because I think to myself, you know what? My God is a God of my understanding that is has a weird, wicked sense of humor. Yeah. Has always been there. I swear to my spirit guides on a regular basis. And I'm like, you guys, you need to get your shit together and help me. And like where some of my other energy healers are like, thank you so much. And I'm and I'm just like, what the fuck, guys? Like Well, well, God fearing the fear part doesn't work for me either. And I, I believe really that for me, God accepts me as I am. Yeah. And it's just well, he made He made you the way you were supposed right, to be made. Exactly, and all and, of us were made that way. Totally. And why, you know, why can't we all be different but be who we are? Exactly. Because right? there's some beauty in that. There is such magic in that. There is such great health, mental, spiritual, physical, mm-hmm. you know, emotional health. Everything that you want to be, you know, they purport themselves. People across the world, you need to be, except maybe in China, but they tell you that you need to be more authentic, more real, more right. truthful, be who you who you are, step into that feeling of being confident with what you are. And many times you get shot down for it, but you know what? You don't need to be fearful. It's your fellow man that's fucking up your world sometimes. Right, and usually and when you when you put yourself out there and you get rejected and you get shut down, yeah. it doesn't matter, man, woman, whatever, but when you're putting yourself out there and you get shut down or or deflected or whatever it is, usually it's because there's going to be bumps in the road. Sure. And it's sure. like and it's not to shut you down. A lot of times that's a reaction of the other individual because they're going through something or you triggered something within them exactly. that needs healing. Not only does it do you trigger something in them, they are probably seeing a direct reflection Fashion. of themselves Correct. and they don't know how to deal with it and it makes them fearful or angry Absolutely. or hurtful or or um, agitated or frustrated or anything and so they smack back really right. fast. Right. And, and it's a defense it's mechanism punitive. because because we have I mean we we're still human and we have a hard time like making that shift and that change. But it's like really having the enlightenment of who we are, embracing who we are, learning and applying what we have and who we are really catapults us to the next level. And it makes us so much more magical beings that we ever even dreamt possible. Yeah. And it like, and it takes us to the next level. Which, which is why I say to everybody, and I, if I haven't said it to you, I'm saying it to you, but free hugs for everybody. And you know, yeah. if you can give that energy a little bit of love or make somebody laugh, 
or enjoy, but still question authority or still be able to question and not go through life so blindly yes, like a right. lemming, right. you know, or just part of the flock. Ask Do the questions. It. Ask the questions, even if they're hard questions. And even if you get misinterpreted or something happens or people get angry or upset with you, you know, my, my normal way is to just block the energy and not get near it. But yeah. I've gotten in trouble recently for that. Yeah. I, I haven't wanted to deal with certain people. And when they give me um, a bad vibe or energy, I just nix them from my life. And I thought I was doing the right thing. And I still think in some ways I'm doing the right thing. I'm not having to mess with their energy. But I've put it on hold, but I've been... Protect your... You've been to putting protect a protected yeah, boundary. But, but right. also because I don't have to engage and I don't have to worry or give more energy, negative energy back or something. Right, it's not drain... Well, because in life, that's the thing is I always teach people you have to do your cord cutting because like when, you know, like our conversation today, it's like we're linked today. And so it's like we have an energy cord that is tied together. And cutting a cord doesn't mean you're cutting the relationship and it doesn't mean you're cutting the dynamic. It's that you and I have a drain port system within each other. Like we're, our energy is connected right now. And as we go on through our day, we're going to keep having that until both of us go and clear it and then kind of reset and we replenish. Because when you, I mean, think about it, how many interactions that you have with people on a day-to-day -day basis, you have all these energy cords that are connected to all these individuals. Well, that's a leakage of your energy pouring out. And so then you find yourself drained and depleted because you put so much energy out. You can't, you haven't reset. So you have to like reset yourself replenish and then you can still pour out and put light and love into the world and that's really how it is and my my husband is, I, is I, like I, you and asks the questions yeah. he asks the questions and he asks the questions in the in the way that makes you so mad you want to kill him because he does it in a way where he really tests you and he doesn't do it because he's trying to put a point on there because he's the last political opinionated person in the world like he doesn't even give a shit like he's like I don't care but he will ask you the questions as if he is about to like sidewind you with something. And the reason he does it is because he wants to be, he wants you to be affirmed in what you believe and know why you believe what you do. That, and I love that. that. I love that too. That and having another like shot of fireball is always proper, <laughs> I think. Well, I'll have to get so, you yeah. another one. Well, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the Capital Life today where we talk about all the things because we talked about a lot of the things, but I could always have you on for more and I will definitely get you another shot of fireball. No, I, I don't like to end on that, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me. We have lovely. to. We okay. have to because sometimes we need a shot of fireball in our life and that is just, that is how we roll here on the Capital Life. Especially like how how ironic is it that you know most people look at me as the health and wellness person and they just assume I don't drink. Yes. And it's just like you. cheers to you. Yeah. You are the best. It was lovely. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on the Capital Life where we talk about all the things. Join me next time on Saturday as we go super sonic. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow on YouTube and Facebook at Capital Health. That's K-A-P-I-T-O-L Health. Please share with your friends and family. The Capital Life is available on all podcasting platforms except Pomodoro, and you know why. Our goal on The Capital Life is to provide a safe place to get information when it comes to your health and wellness, especially when dealing with all of life's phases. Remember to take care of yourself because you're somebody's everything.